Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Matt and his wife, Karen. Today, Matt and Karen will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. church is a non-negotiable. We have to understand that. It's not even something we can negotiate with him. This is something that he desires for us, that he wants that. Jesus had prayed for that. He desired the word teaches us that. In Ephesians 4, we're going to see in just a moment, the word tells us that and why that is and why God desires unity. And in the prayer that he prays, he says something that's very unique, that the world would know that you sent me, that there's something involved with our unity that displays Christ and the gospel to the world. As many of us are aware, The body of Christ is composed of each individual that's put their faith in the Son of God. Just like our physical bodies, in order for them to function properly, each part must work in tandem and unity. In today's message, we focus on this critical part of our Christian faith, unity in the body of Christ. Now here's Pastor Matt and Karen with part one of their message entitled, Unity. What if it was your last prayer? You were going to offer up your last prayer. You know, how would that be? You would pray about the things that matter to you. You would pray about the things that concerned you most. You would pray about the things that were right there close to your heart. And here we have Jesus audibly praying. It says that he is praying for those who would believe through the message of the the disciples. That's you and me. He's literally praying for you and I that we would be one as Christ was, was the Father and they were one. Half the time, we can't even imagine that even being a reality. You know, even in our marriage, we were joking last week. Sometimes in our marriage, we don't even feel like we're one. And he tells us that we're one. We leave our father and mother and become one. And that sometimes seems to be like such a struggle. You know, families, kids, whatever it may be. It seems like unity seems to be such a difficult thing. But yet Christ prayed for that. We were challenged in our own walk, in our own relationship, and the reality that, and this is something that is possible. And a lot of times, we don't even think it is even can even happen. But he prayed that. That was what was close to the heart of the Father. He's interceding for the church. The Bible says that he, after he was buried and raised again, he went to the right hand of the Father and he sits there and he intercedes for us. And I believe he intercedes for unity. He desires that unity. And and, and what we're talking about here isn't an organizational unity. It isn't that we're all Calvary Chapel, so that's what unites us. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with it. And, and, and the, the church is scary, very scary, heading towards this, this place of like Jesus as the CEO of a corporation. And that's not what it's like at all. We are the body of Christ with Jesus at the head. All authority, all power, all, everything was given to him. You know? and, and what he prays for us is unity. So you think about that prayer in John 17, his last prayer. You know, he's, it's revealed the Lord's spiritual priorities that he wanted to glorify the Father. 
that he wanted the sanctity of the church, that he wanted the winning of a lost world and the unity of the church. That was what he prayed for. That's the heart of God. So when we prayed about what the Lord would have to say to you guys, that's what he wants to say to us, that. That priority of Jesus, are they your priorities? Is that a priority of you to be one as a fellowship, as a body? Now, unity of the church is a non-negotiable. We have to understand that. It's not even something we can negotiate with him. This is something that he desires for us, that he wants that. Jesus had prayed for that. He desired the word teaches us that. In Ephesians 4, we're going to see in just a moment, the word tells us that and why that is and why God desires unity. And in the prayer that he prays, he says something that's very unique, that the world would know that you sent me, that there's something involved with our unity that displays Christ and the gospel to the world. You know, we would think it's God. He would send an angel. He would send something. He would send all the. He says, no, no, it's the way that you guys love one another and the way that you guys are unified are going to be a testimony to the world. That testimony. You know, we think about it. I was thinking about how, how difficult it is to get along now. And, and if we can't get along here, then how difficult is it going to be for eternity? That we can't even get it right here. And, and, and I understand a little bit of it. And I think we, what we need to understand and we need to look at is that we, we, with the things that we don't get along, the things that divide the church are these minor things usually. The worship style, which translation of the Bible they're using, what, what you call your church, why do they act like that, what is this person doing that? It's these little minor things that we're really not even involved in. They cause these great divisions within the church. See, this, the unity that Christ is praying for, it has nothing to do with worship style, prayer style, translation. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. He's talking of a spiritual unity, that we would be like the, in the apostles in the book of Acts where we devoted ourselves to the apostles' teaching, that we devoted ourselves to prayer, that we devote ourselves to fellowship and the breaking of bread, which is what we're going to do at the end, communion. That's, something that uni- that's only something believers can do. That's partaking in something that only the family can take part in. That's, that was set aside for us as the body to remember that the only reason we're going to heaven, the only reason we're in church, the only reason we could worship God in that way is because of what Christ has done. And that the things of God, that, that that's the spiritual unity that Jesus was praying for. Not that we would get along. Heck, we can't even get along on Sundays. I root for this team, you root for that team. We're arguing over the silliest stuff. But Jesus is talking about we need to get these things right. The the word as the authoritative uh, word of God, the truth of God from Genesis to Revelation, that that we would be serious in our prayer lives, that we would be men and women that desire to be closer to God than, than we could ever be, that we would seek that. These are the things that are important to Jesus, that we would get along with that. Jesus prayed for it. The word commands it. And Satan hates it. What other reason do you need to be unified with a brother or sister in Christ? That that our Savior prayed that for me. That his word commands that for me. And that Satan hates it. I don't know about you, but I enjoy anything that he hates. If I get any little symptoms of watching him suffer, I'm okay with that. And I think unity is what makes him suffer. He understands that he cannot come against a unified church. Jesus told us that, that he's going to build his church, and on what? On the confession that Christ was the Messiah, that he was God in the flesh. That, that commitment, because of that commitment, that's what I'm going to build my church on, that right there. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Ephesians is really cool. It talks about a, a cord of three strands that's not easily broken, that if a brother has one, that he's not going to fall down. He has somebody to help him pick him up. That when he's cold, in the cold world we live in, the, the unity warms us up together. But how pity and what a shame it is for a brother to fall and have no one to pick him up. 
He says, but a cord of three strands is broken. That's brother and sister, brother and brother in the Lord and brought together in unity through the spirit of God, walking in unison, linked together according to the gospel for the sake of the gospel so that God's name would be glorified and the world would know that Christ is real. So what more importance, what other thing do you need to motivate you in unity? What tonight is causing you not to be unified within the church? You have to understand that we're either in two camps. You're either for Christ or you're against him. Satan seeks to divide. That's his whole goal is to divide the church. So that's something I don't want to be on his team. And I believe that if, if Christ tells us that our, our unity is what will cause and display the world to see that the gospel is real, then our disunity must speak in the reality of, a, of an enemy that's trying to destroy that. And we're testifying basically for Satan if we're not unified as a church. So what testimony are we given? You see, unity confirms our relationship in Christ. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. If you have your Bibles, hopefully when you guys come to a Bible study, have your Bible. Because you know what? Don't take, it. Don't take our word for it. Even if it's up on the screen or the monitors, just always read the word for yourself. And um, I just think it's so, so important. In Ephesians 4, it says... Verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all and in all. And, you know, as we were studying this passage this week, it's, it's really amazing, you know? How many of you know that reading the Bible is different than studying your Bible? Because, you know, we can, we can read it, and it, and it sounds great, and it's like, okay. But when you actually get in there and you, and you study it, it's like, man, you know, it just brought up so much in me. And I was so challenged to think, you know, as far as unity, like, Man, how much do I love you guys? How much do I love you guys? What am I willing to lay down for you guys, you know? And, and I sat and I, and I thought, I really love you guys. I pray for you guys. I pray for us as a body, this church. You know, we are so blessed to have Pastor Robert and Elizabeth who lead this church with unity and with love and they're transparent and you know that they go to God and battle for us. For joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the current series Pastor Robert is teaching through here on Main Thing Radio. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. 
We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available on MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio.